All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Buffel. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We continue in this uh, offseason in the NFL. And, Dylan, as we always say, there's always something to talk about. Um, apparently, there are a few quarterbacks out there that still have some decisions to make. Um, that's I've, At least that's what I've heard. Um, a few high-profile quarterbacks still have some, some choices to make about where they're going to play next season. But there's also uh, a lot of discussion on social media in the past couple of days about win totals because uh, DraftKings has uh, released their uh, win totals uh, for NFL teams for the uh, 2023 uh, season. And I think, you know, setting the, the over-under on the number and all these. And maybe, Dylan, it's just because um, – I've done a lot of betting during the NCAA tournament, and I'm really kind of starting to, to look ahead at some NFL totals now, and I'm you know, feeling like I'm on a, a hot streak here, uh, a heater, as you would say. And um, I start to look at some of these win totals, and it is always fascinating because, again, we're saying this before the NFL draft. There's still big free agency moves, we, as we kind of hinted at quarterback-wise, that could determine a lot here. But I do think it's at least interesting to look at these numbers where they're, where, where they're initially set at and then kind of see where things go from there. Because, um, you know, as you and I were talking before we started recording, some interesting teams that are towards the top that two years ago probably would have never been in that discussion. Um, teams towards the bottom that two years ago probably would have never been in that discussion. But uh, it is interesting to see where teams are at here as we, we kind of head into April. It, yeah, it reflects the the shift of a lot of te- uh, franchises' fortunes over the years, uh, especially kind of in 2022. You saw teams uh, like the Rams and the Packers, and we know what's going on in Green Bay. And the impending trade that last time we talked was um, it was right before I think it, uh, Aaron Rodgers came out and said it was happening. It's going to happen at some point. But, yeah, uh, there are teams also, like you said, at the top that just – Things uh, that's the not for long. It's uh, you know what the NFL stands for, at not National Football League. And as much as it's an adage that people say all the time, it, it is true to an extent. It is not a sport that is made to to have players and uh, uh, you know organizations last with the way the salary cap is constructed. Um, it, it wants parity. The league is getting it over the years, and but there are some teams that have managed to stay at the top. It helps when you have a Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to be one of the leaders here at this uh, look at this conversation. But I think. All also a smart move by the by the books to put these out before the draft it gets people yep. uh, you know you know they're going to really be placing major bets based on like a pick that who knows if the guy's actually going to be contributing in year one but hey people are going to throw down and think this is the difference between us going from seven and a half or seven wins to eight um and there's also just a lot of you can tell though at the same time that these are still uh, initial totals because there is a from i think from the nine and a half to seven and a half range covers oh, yeah. like like half more than half the league so i mean it just shows that there's teams that they're not quite sure everyone's kind of there's a group in the bottom group in the top but there's quite there are quite a few franchises in the middle that we're still shaking out what they're going to be obviously uh you're hinting at the lamar jackson situation that has only escalated this week with him revealing uh that he made a trade request from baltimore and basically openly talking about everything with from his injuries uh what he so some of the decision making not playing some games last year basically anything you could have possibly wondered about that we've been talking about or you've been reading about somewhere else uh he's discussed and that also plays a a role in terms of where the ravens are here but also uh, any team that could get lamar um we'll see the falcons today said i I believe uh, arthur blank said that they're going with desmond ritter as their starting quarterback but things could change plenty of teams have said they're going to start one qb or uh, one guy's going to be their uh under centered in week one and then things change really quickly so we'll see it's still kind of in flux but yeah it is fun to look at these uh win totals and it it does reflect in many most cases how i feel about teams but then there are other teams that i uh think might be a little high in my opinion but it might be kind of based i've been trying to look at i'm not i don't love looking at strength of schedule based on last year's record i just don't you know, you see how quickly things flip for teams like the uh, the Rams, obviously, are one that sticks out. But just a lot of franchises that, uh, you know, what who they are one year is not necessarily what they're going to be the following one. So I try to kind of look off uh, projections. And in this case, it kind of helps to look at, like, win totals almost as the as a barometer of strength and schedule. So I, maybe that is some a factor that's bumping up some franchises we'll get to uh, that I think are a little high on here. But uh, nonetheless, not trying to be – usually we're pretty positive about these teams. And we like to have a positive outlook. Uh, on where they're moving and it's just uh i don't know i don't know about the saints at nine and a half i like Derek carr but that's one that popped out to me 
Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some. We usually try to be positive, but I'm going to tell you, there's yeah. a couple teams I'm not going to be that positive on. We we kind of pick out what our what what our eye is kind of looking at here, um, yeah. and what could be sort of the best bets. Again, if you're going to take the chance of making a bet on some of these win totals before the draft, which I would hesitate to do, but it's at least fun to discuss. Um, all right, let's talk about two teams in particular right off the bat here. You just mentioned the Ravens; they're at eight and a half. Uh, that's what their win total is set out. Obviously, all the Lamar stuff, we have no idea yet how that's going to play out. Um, the trade request, you know, what's going to happen? Will anything happen? We, we have no clue. So it's really hard to know because guess what? If Lamar gets traded, that team he gets traded to, their win total is going to change. Um, yep. You know, and I don't know who it's going to be, but their, their win total will change. So you have to keep that in mind too. That's why I think you always hesitate on some of these, especially if it's a team that there is any possibility of a Lamar Jackson trade happening. If you can find a, a path to that, I would hesitate, um, you know, in a certain sense. But then again, if you think, hey, this team's number is set at eight and a half and they may get Lamar and that number is going to jump up to ten and a half. Well, go ahead and bet that eight and a half right now. Um, yeah. Then you, you'll, you'll be just fine. But so the, the Ravens are set at eight and a half. The Jets are the other team I want to mention in this category because they are at nine and a half uh, is where their win total is. Now, again, that is probably under the assumption that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. But both these teams kind of in limbo right now. We don't really know what's going to happen, um, you know, in terms of when things get finalized, when trades happen, all that. But I think these are probably the two most intriguing ones out there. Um, and as you said, they fall in the range of the gazillion teams <laughs> are in the 7.5 to 9.5 on these initial uh, win totals here. Uh, Jets at 9.5, Ravens at 8.5. Yeah, I think the Jets nine and a half is assuming, like you said, that Rodgers is going to be there. If, if that was still up for grabs, maybe they'd be still tentatively with the belief that he could be going there more than eight and a half. I think that's, I think it's reasonable. It might be a little high, but uh, I understand with the defense. If the you know, there's a reason to believe their defense is still going to be really good as it was a year ago. I don't think they're going to have as, uh, too big of a drop off, and they might even still be able to add. It doesn't sound like you know the, the amount of picks they're going to be giving up. Yeah, especially in 2023, only a second rounder, it looks like. So uh, they're going to be just fine. I, I would, you know, I even though I still, part of me, it's still the Jets, but I'm like, and, you know, Aaron didn't have his best season, obviously, but I think something about being revitalized by a, new, a change of scenery, something he's never had in his career, uh, being back with Hackett and still having, you know, a defense. It's just been a while since we've had a uh, Aaron Rodgers-led team that's had a really good defense. Not many times in yeah. the course of his entire career has that, occurred also potentially depending on Brees Hall's health and overall some of the health of the offensive linemen as we've talked a ton about with this team and how important it can be to what they uh, were as an offense early last season before it fell off later in the year I I think yeah there's a reason to believe that this team could I'm not going to necessarily put them above the teams that are rightfully above them in these win total uh, projections in the in their conference um with the Jags, the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals, but I think nine and a half as a firmly as a playoff team, right in the mix with with Miami. I, I think it, you know, assuming Aaron's there, I don't think that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the Ravens, on the other hand, that one's just so hard to predict at this point. I would probably still take the over, just based on how this team has performed. Even when Lamar's not out there, there's still a a hard-nosed football team that has a lot of guys on defense that kind of coalesced last year well. Um, You know, they had a ton of injuries, obviously, in 2021. 2022, they came back, and we saw this. I mean, this team, when healthy on offense, you know, still had one of the top rushing DVOAs in the league. Their defense, again, ends up being in the top, uh, yeah, seventh by the end of the year. So I I still would take the over, even with the – almost – I mean, you you might want to wait until he possibly gets traded away because then that – that number is going to drop lower, and you, I, I would still, you know, with it, maybe, yeah, that's probably my perspective. I, if if Lamar gets traded, let's let that number drop to seven and a half, whatever it's going to drop mm-hmm. to, and then I'll still take the over because that's how much confidence I have in that organization to just figure it out. Even if I don't agree with how everything's been handled uh, in the Lamar situation, I'm sure there's some details from both sides that are still uh, not all out there um, and completely accurate. Uh, it's hard. You can't trust like one source uh, on these things. Like every everyone kind of has different takes on how these discussions go. But uh, despite, you know, how this has all gone down with Lamar, I still think that this in a tough division, to be clear, uh, I think the Steelers we saw over, over the course of the second half of the season, they really came on well. Um, the offense looked you know, good enough with a really talented defense. Um, 
you know, we'll see what the Browns are with Deshaun for a whole season. We know what the Bengals were getting, even with some of the, the losses they had in free agency. They do add uh, Nick Scott from the Rams and uh, some other pieces to the on their defense to kind of make up for some of the losses. But it's a tough division, but I still think Baltimore, at the end of the day, is a 500-ish football team. So maybe I'm waiting, though, until that, until that, that moves because – yeah, obviously you get great value if you take the over now and Lamar stays, uh, but that doesn't. I'm not confident that that's going to happen at this point. As much as I was early in the offseason where I was like, they'll figure it out now. Uh, and that, the la- I think the last time we talked about it, um, after a few weeks into the offseason, we're like, all right, maybe there's something more going on here between the, the player and this organization. It's not so much that the numbers are as big of an issue now as it is the hurt feelings and how uh, the trust and what what the relationship is between the two sides. It's interesting because it feels like at, at certain moments they both love each other, and then at other moments it's like just it's not working out. It's it's been a long and winding road. I feel for Ravens fans, uh, it's, uh, you know, that have all for the most part very much supported Lamar. I think uh, the conversation about where Lamar fits in with other teams is also a little ridiculous. He's become such a great passer. Uh, I think Steven Ruiz, who Lamar, now people are joking with Steven Ruiz that he's Lamar's, uh, Lamar's his number one fan. He tweeted out some highlights of uh, just throwing of, of Lamar, and it's like, yeah, this guy, It's we've seen it when, when he's healthy. It's not just the running. It doesn't have to be used the way he is, and he still can selectively uh, play, but I think he'd fit into a lot of uh, offenses. I think he's just a great football player, and I think he's, as a passer, has really improved over the course of his career, so... It's gonna. I, I still want the Falcons to do it. I know they're. They've talked about. <laughs> they said they're saying Ritter's their starter, mm-hmm. but man, they, you talk about it. I. You know, I, as I mentioned, I don't love doing the schedule thing based on last year's um, uh, win to, uh, wins and like doing strength of schedule. But based on that, the Falcons do have the easiest schedule too. So uh, that's a wide open division. It's not gonna be nearly as tough as the AFC North is. So. Yeah, man, it would be so much fun, but we'll we'll see where Lamar ends up. And for Ravens' fans' sake, I hope it still is in Baltimore. Well, looking at the rest of the the AFC North again, where things are kind of at, obviously the Bengals are at the top of this list. Um, they are tied with the Chiefs and Niners for the most kind of uh, win total. Mark said initially here, eleven point five is the number uh, for the Bengals. Uh, then you've got the Browns at nine and a half. Steelers also at eight and a half with the Ravens. So. Like you said, you could play the guessing game if you want to like bet the over on a team like the Falcons or the Colts or any teams like that that you see Lamar's name popping up with and rumored. But look, that that may be a long list, and so you're kind of <laughs> you're taking some risks there, knowing that you may think he's headed to one of these teams, and it winds up being just a complete you know wild card pick. Um, and you know, again, that that team's number probably jumps up if Lamar uh, is traded there, and so. Yeah, I, I, I just find that fascinating to kind of see what happens. But all those teams kind of projected in that near 500 or better range in the, the AFC North. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. All right, um, let's, let's get some of the negative out of the way here. Um, <laughs> well, actually, here let's, let's just – we can piggyback on this discussion. The yeah. Packers are seven and a half because we talked about Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, again, the, the Packers are – in that same group of about, oh, I don't know, seven, eight other teams that are set at seven and a half. Um, and, you know, I think obviously they're an interesting one because now you look at kind of where that division's at. And as you and I were sort of laughing about before we hopped on, it's interesting to think the Lions are the team with the most projected wins, uh, at least where the win total set at nine and a half in the yeah. NFC North. Um, and the Vikings are at eight and a half. The Packers are at seven and a half, and also the Bears are at seven and a half. So um, that that becomes an interesting division now. I think when you look at again at the thought of Rodgers not being there, what the Packers can do moving forward. Um, you know, again, we're just not used to seeing the Packers kind of in this spot, but here we are. And you know, again, you feel like you've got the Lions who are sort of surging. The Vikings should still be a pretty good team. Um, you know, I think, as I told you, I see a lot of optimism for the Bears, although I'm a little more hesitant than other people would be uh, when it comes to uh, going too far with the Bears just yet. But uh, it is interesting to see the Packers kind of slotted either right around, you know, teams or below those teams now, given where Aaron Rodgers is probably going to wind up. Yeah, it's not where we usually find, you know, for years and years and even probably going back before 
we were old enough to be looking at these kind of things, going back to the far early Farvera, like they're probably near the top of these lists in most cases um, over the course of the last 20, 25, 30 years. Um, and now it's just a new reality. I, as much as I have hope for Jordan Love and spurts last year, I thought he looked pretty good, didn't look so good the year before and the limited time. It's just we haven't seen him much. Um, and it's it's a little different. It's not you know the parallels between Rodgers and going back to Favre, going to the Jets are there. But the parallels between Jordan Love and Aaron themselves and their college careers are very different uh, where they went, what kind of performances they had, and uh, what, you, what you, you know, Aaron was a superstar in college, to be clear. He fell down the draft. It wasn't like a Jordan Love situation where it was kind of known he was going to be going late first round, early second. Um, I still have hope for the guy, but I think there are some concerns overall about the roster um, on defense in particular, but, uh, you know, just offensive skill set wise, they have some really good, fun young players. I think they're, you know, they're still the Packers. They still have good coaching. They're still an organization that I think is, I don't want to have too little faith in them. And it does help um, in terms of, I, I believe they get the NFC South this year um, for their whole division set against another division in the co- conference, which isn't a bad year for that to be the case unless, you know, unless Lamar's coming in to Atlanta. But if, assuming he's not, uh, you know, you're not looking at any of those four teams at this moment. You know, I know Carolina has high hopes, and we'll see what they do um, at the quarterback position. C.J. Stroud looking like a, a potential there with some of the things that their coaching staff said to him at his pro day. But um, outside of that, I mean, they're scheduled, just their opponents. They get the, the uh, AFC West. This goes for all the teams in this division, but they get the AFC West which not as intimidating maybe as it looked ahead of last season with the way that the Broncos uh, fell off, obviously. We'll see where the Raiders are at. Um, but, yeah, the Chargers and Chiefs still tough games. They get them both at home. So I'm trying to, like, look through, like, where wins and losses come from. And, I, you know, it, it feels right. I might still take the under if I had to. Uh, unfortunately, I think a 7-10 and 10 kind of season is where I, at the moment, feel like it, they're going to be. But I'd love to be surprised. I think it's great when, the you know, having the Packers – uh, one of the staple organizations, uh, but it might be time for the Lions and who know. I mean, the Bears, like you mentioned, them being uh, some people thinking they're a little low, right? You were saying, which yeah. I, at this moment, I'd not. I think it fits because they still had so much work to do on defense. I'm, it's not even about the. And you made a good point about the receiving corps. Yeah, they add DJ Moore, but still have work to do. Um, the offensive line played better it was better as a run blocking unit still needs work as a pass blocking unit I know they're working on that but the defense yeah they add some players but it's just so I mean they tore it apart and then you saw at the end of last season that's the reason they were losing games it wasn't the offense and it wasn't Justin Fields they just had arguably the worst defense and I think by metrics over the second half of the year they were the worst DVOA defense it's just a lot to make up um so I you know but I think the Bears are rising I think the Lions are the one that deserve uh, their flowers at this point. They, I, I think they are, in my opinion, the best team in this conference. Yeah, even with still not, not you know, with, with the way that Jared played last year, just the way that they've built this roster and then they're continuing to build it and the culture they're, that they have. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of confidence that this what happened at the end of the uh, 2022 season wasn't a fluke for Detroit. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about Minnesota in terms of their record just being way over uh, the expected uh, win-loss uh, total based on some of their advanced metrics. They were barely beating some good teams. They were barely beating some bad teams. They were losing uh, pretty badly to some pretty good teams. Um, things weren't perfect for a team that won, what, 12, 13 games last mm-hmm. year. So um, I think Detroit at this point, yeah, I mean, they have an offense that I think is only going to improve running the football. They end up fifth in total offensive DVOA. I mean, that's the defense is just it needs to turn a corner. Um, I think it will start to this year. So I have no problem with the lines being nine and a half. I'd probably I'd probably if I had to pick on it, I'd probably take the over. Uh, I think they're a 10 win football team. I know I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble here, but that's fine. I'd re- I, I like uh, rooting for some of these teams like Detroit that yeah. haven't had six. I mean, we saw it. they were just such a lovable team. It wasn't just from hard knocks. Like they have yeah. so many fun players and young players that are exciting. And obviously Dan Campbell's energy is infectious, but 
Uh, I thought Jared had a great year last year, and who knows, long-term, it's still another conversation point at point uh, at certain times this offseason. People have talked about where if Detroit's going to possibly make a move up for a QB here um, at some point, if they're going to not wait until next year potentially. Yeah, are they getting too good where they're going to be out of that range where they can pick high or trade up to get a high pick? I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but um, I, I, I think it's kind of a situation where it doesn't, even if it's not Jared under center, if it's someone else, I'm so confident in what they've built around him. And we've seen that with some other organizations and teams. You don't always have to have the the quarterback and then build around him first. You can, you know, figure it out and then drop a guy in um, and see how it see how it works. I mean, San Francisco, uh, not putting Detroit with – obviously the defense is miles away from where the Niners are. Um, but in terms of just a, a template of how you can build a roster with talent, draft well, uh, fill out, be deep at a lot of positions, and ultimately find skill position players that are really talented. And Detroit's done that at receiver. They don't have a Christian McCaffrey. But um, I, I think that they're – yeah, they've, they're building it the right way. So I, I'll take the over for them. I'm going to hold off on Chicago for a second, though. I, I, I agree with you that it might be that people saying this should be higher. I wouldn't – I would if they're – if they were higher, I'd take the under, unfortunately. I want the Bears yeah. to be good, too. Um, I love Justin Fields. I love watching, uh, you know, what that offense could be and thinking about what they might be able to do with more talent around him. Uh, but I, I just still have questions of where that defense is going to be. I think they might need a little more time to fill out that side of the roster. So seven and a half feels right to me i think they're a seven or eight win team yeah i it, that that whole division is going to be interesting i think to see how it plays out because i think you've got a lot of a lot of questions um yeah it's interesting that you got a lot of questions outside the lions and that is boy that's something that uh, again we haven't said in a long time <laughs> probably um so yeah that that is quite fascinating to look at that division in general all right all right let's just pick out some teams here that that maybe catch our eye i told you earlier and again, let's go to the negative side of things here. Um, the two teams with the lowest um, win total number that's set here is the Texans at five and a half and the Cardinals at five and a half. Yeah. Um, I told you, I said that Cardinals five and a half. Maybe I may be be going the under on that one because I yeah. don't. The Texans, I think, because they play in the AFC South, um, anything can happen. Uh, even though we we are very clearly know that they are still behind and i don't think one draft's going to completely change that um but the cardinals are an interesting one because i'm just like i i don't i don't know what to expect from the cardinals um you know new coach no idea kind of what i guess you know things are going to look like on either side of the ball uh, in all honesty like i think just trying to find that consistency with them and you know they are still i think in a division that has the niners their numbers at 11 and a half as we mentioned earlier they're tied with the chiefs Bengals, um for, for the most uh you've got the seahawks i think are around eight and a half so they're in that range uh rams are at seven and a half so it's not you know all things considered you know it's not what three or four years ago where you're looking up and everybody's probably at least a 10 win team but <laughs> it is one where the cardinals like i just don't have a lot of I don't know. I don't have a lot of positive momentum with them. And then there's another team that's near them, the Bucks, who are at six and a half, which we know, um, boy, that's kind of a fall for, for the Bucks, uh, given they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, but we know Brady's retired now and all the things, you know, changes and such. It's just, I think, to see the Bucks at six and a half, that's kind of a, an interesting one, too. So. Yep, it's I'm not surprised with Tampa. Um, yeah. I mean, the the quarterback is just such a question mark at this point. What you're gonna, what you're really gonna be getting there. So that makes sense. And even in a division, the reason why it's still like, uh, like I want to say they have a chance to get that is because the division, as as we've talked about, isn't that great. Um, they are playing. Uh, I believe cross. You know, mentioning uh, that they're going to be across the conference playing. The Packers and the you know so the, the North, which isn't exactly the strongest uh, division out there, um, I believe. Yeah, they also get the AFC South. So uh, you know, from Tampa Bay's perspective, there's a chance that they just find some wins because they're going to be playing some games that are going to be you know the, the at my time 10 a.m. on red zone, and you're not really seeing it much uh, potentially on there. It's that kind of football, unfortunately. 
uh, coming up for, for them. So I, you know, we'll see, um, still have some of the, you know, members of that Super Bowl team, obviously there, but it's, it's not the same as soon as you lose Tom, but also some of a lot of other guys that already were leaving the team, but looking at those first two teams, you mentioned at the bottom, I mean, Arizona won four games last year. I don't see how they are better uh, yet, unfortunately. Well, they do have you know a t- top pick. We'll see if they get a Will Anderson. Things maybe uh, at yeah. least start to have some intrigue, and you're, you're excited for what they uh, can start to build. But it's going to be a second. I think they're a team that clearly, and we'll, we don't even know if Kyler Wright is going to be healthy um, to start the year or when he's going to exactly be back and when he is. Well, with some of the you know with DeAndre Hopkins likely being traded. Um, with just overall the the status of that line and some of the the players they did keep, but overall it's it's just a team that as we talked about they drafted a lot of guys that weren't for they're on defense in particular that were somewhat positionless, but also just really athletic guys that just didn't have an exact role. So ho- hopefully they'll figure that out. Hopefully they find you know what how to best utilize the talent that they do have, um, and it, maybe it looks better than what it felt like it was last season because these guys were just weren't put in places to succeed, but. I still have questions. I still would probably take the under there. Um, uh, I think they're five, five and twelve. It might be the the top of I think is going to happen. So they that could, they could completely prove me wrong. The Cardinals have done that in the past, but I last year I was really down on them, and they proved me right then. Um, and then Houston, I don't know. That one's a tougher one. I, I mean, clearly yeah. between the two organizations, you'd rather be in the spot that the Texans are in, right? Like they not just from yeah. where you're about to draft a new quarterback there and uh depending on who it is you still feel good about regardless of who it is the organ what the uh team finally has done by getting D'Amico Ryan's what you feel like you don't have a coach that's just there as a lame duck uh, uh that's going to be fired after a year or, or two but in the last couple of years just after one season uh they have some talented players but still like you mentioned it's still not like they're they filled it's not like last year where we're looking at the jaguars and we're like all right they can make a jump we don't know for sure if they're going to i didn't think i didn't think at least personally they're going to be quite as good over the second half of the year as they were um but they at least you saw the like the infrastructure kind of in place and they had trevor lawrence now we'll see what the quarterback uh, that they get here what how he does as a rookie they still have uh, as a you know on the flip side i'm mentioning the nfc north playing the afc north obviously or sorry the south's playing each other um um, that also means they're playing a pretty weak NFC South. So they're projected, at least based on last year's win totals, to have a third easiest schedule in Houston. Um, combine that with D'Amico Ryan's coaching with a, with a quarterback that's going to be at a, you know, likely at a much higher level, level than what, even though Davis Mills at times 2021 looked pretty good, I, things kind of came back to earth last year. Um, so I, I think it's reasonable that they could go over five and a half. I don't know if I would bet it, but if I had to between these two, it's pretty clear which one I'm taking the under on and which one I would take the over on if I had to. Um, Houston just feels like things could flip with an easy schedule to at least being like a 6-7 win football team. I don't think it's out of the question in the division they have and the schedule they have and the coaching, the coaching staff that they've now brought in. All right, what others stand out? And, and again, we could go through all these. We were not going to, but like, what what are some of the other um, ones that stand out? I guess just for me, looking down this list, you know, the Patriots are at seven and a half. Um, I find them interesting uh, because, again, I don't I don't have a strong read one way or the other, but for some reason, I think that could be a little bit low. But again, you're still banking yeah. on you're banking on potential too there too. I mean, it's you know you're you're waiting to see if certain guys can take the next step and. Um, so, so that's one that I've kind of got my eye on. You talked about the Falcons earlier. They're intriguing for a variety of reasons. Uh, they're at seven and a half too. Um, again, that's, that's all dependent on kind of what happens there. You've got some of these teams at the top, which to me, it's still wild to see the Jags in there at 10 and a half with the bills. Um, both, <laughs> both numbers set at 10 and a half, um, both the Jags bills, 10 and a half, the Eagles, of course, you got to the Super Bowl. They're at 10 and a half as well. I mentioned earlier, the top three teams, Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, all at 11 and a half on their numbers. So don't know if there's anything else that just completely say that you didn't mention the saints earlier. I'm kind of with you on that one. I think that's high for me. Um, that is probably one I'd put on my top five. If I was going to circle a short list of going one way or the other, I I just, I don't know why that feels pretty, I don't know, pretty high. I mean, you know, I could see seven or eight, but I don't know why, but nine and a half just to me, I don't know that I would go the over banking on the saints being a double digit win team. Um, and again, there's a lot of ones like that, but any others that sort of stand out to you? 
Maybe I'm underselling Derek Carr. Maybe he will, you know, do enough Maybe. with that team. I just, I was just concerned the offensive line was from a, a age and health and a lot of perspectives on the on the way down. And I, I think Derek Carr, as much as as he can do with a solid offensive line, a lot can go wrong when he doesn't. Just like any quarterback, but he he's not a guy that's gonna necessarily plug the holes the same way. If if they're if the holes in the ship aren't there, he's gonna succeed well. So. I, and I just don't know if the defense can keep maintaining the level it's it's still maintained over the last few years. So, I yeah, I, that's why I mentioned off the top. I think their nine and eight would be a great result in my mind for the Saints. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, there's a chance they get double digit wins, but I'm not, I'm not. I think uh, the division may be part yeah, of that because it you, is you really sure. think You're about right. it, right? Because you got Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, and we just talked about kind of what the projections are for all those teams, and that's probably going to be my guess, right? Like trying to think if there's any others but like i think that will be the the division with the lowest probably overall wins if you're just going one through four that's so that's probably why the saints are projected maybe a little higher than you would think so you're right yeah based on last year's schedule uh second easiest schedule we'll see if that actually plays out i think yeah playing again the afc south um along with their their own division as you mentioned all those kind of factors not the the toughest of schedule so i yeah i think they will cobble together wins Uh, it's just the double digit number that i had a hard time wrapping myself my head around but you're right it it definitely could happen i want to say it's like a safe uh pick on it by any means i think you mentioned the patriots that is one that I would, I agree that I think as soon as you said that before we started recording, I was like, that is probably the the one right here where I'd take the over for sure. I I don't have any reason to believe they're going to be a, a you know significantly worse football team. I mean they, what they I think they won nine games last year, eight games. I think they're probably still in the, in that eight nine range. Maybe they could get to ten with the right things uh, falling their way. Um, I I don't I just don't see. Yeah, yeah, they're not like a perfect team, but they're still a solid team. They have a tougher schedule, so maybe that's kind of factoring in. But I think eight and a half is what I would have expected when we opened um, up these odds, not seven and a half. Um, and because of that, I, I, yeah, just maybe it's still too much trust in Belichick and the organization itself, and actually having an offense coordinator now and uh, feeling a little bit better about what might be happening on that side of the football this season. Uh, I still think they have some good players, so. Um, yeah, I think that on. I think I still have faith in Mac Jones. I don't, if I was Patriots fan, I understand the uh, some of the hesitations and some of the things that, uh, depending on, I guess some Patriots fans do love him, but kind of goes back and forth there on the opinion. I, I think he's still a solid quarterback with the right situation can play well. So yeah, I agree. I think that's one that stuck out that I would take the over for sure on. I don't know if there's that that one. I don't think that's like on the level of last year where we looked at. I think the first time we looked at these odds. I think they were at eight and a half. It was the Eagles, and we. Were, I remember us saying like that is the clearest cut. It, I, I didn't think they'd necessarily be a Super Bowl team, but I. I think that was like the clearest cut based on schedule, based on yeah. uh, the, the roster talent and Jalen Hurts and what he'd done at, over the second half of the 2021 season. That was like a slam dunk that I'm still mad I didn't actually like go to Vegas <laughs> and place a bet on. I don't know if there's a slam dunk right now. Maybe things will change over the course of uh, the year, I, you know, some of the higher ones, I would probably still feel pretty bullish on the chiefs and Niners go, going over <laughs> despite uh, some of the, you know, how t- every team's going to go into those games, looking at them as a, as a, you know, their toughest battle. I think the Eagles still, I would take again over on their number, even at 10 and a half. Um, but looking at the other ones, slam dunks. I mean, I will, I wish the giants were nine and a half. Cause I would say the under, I don't want to be a, uh, you know, to I know over the course of the year, I probably we went back through all our picks. I probably did pick against the Giants more than I should have, um, and I, I think Brian Dable has done a great job, and I think they have a really solid organization. But they have, I think, the you know expected to be yeah, tied with the Patriots for the t- third toughest schedule um, at the moment, based on last year's records. I they faced a much easier schedule. They did beat some teams that early in the season we thought were good and then by the end of the year like we, the Packers were like, "Oh, this isn't actually a good football team." Um I I think at eight and a half that feels right. And it so it's one that I was uh, when I opened this, I was kind of like I'm going to find where the Giants are and I'm, I was hoping the odds makers would have it a little too high. I think they nailed it kind of. I would um other ones that stick out, I mean the Steelers, I I think there's something to the Mike Tomlin uh, winning record thing, um, and I, I I just like the the uh, trajectory of where they started going over the second half of the year. I don't think they're a perfect team. They still play obviously in a tough conference, but uh, and a tough division. 
but I still think the Steelers, they are uh, right now 20, you know, 25th hardest schedule, so the eighth easiest, I guess that would be. Um, I think that that's a lot compared to last season. I think that their schedule is going to ease up, so I'd probably go over on Pittsburgh. That's one prediction I would kind of throw in there. But after that, man, I don't know. I don't. If you asked me a few weeks ago the, with the Rams at seven and a half, I would have been like, all right, they can get back to eight wins. Now I'm not so positive with the way that I think they're looking at 2024 as a as an organization. I know that Stafford is supposed to be fully healthy. I know that a lot of these guys that were injured last year are going to be back, and we'll see how the offensive line comes together. But I don't know. I mean, you lose, you trade away Jalen Ramsey. Uh, man, I have a heart. That one's a tough one for me. I obviously I'm gonna put my eyes onto the Rams for a second at least. But after that, uh, I don't know if there's any others that – I mean, I feel pretty positively about the Chargers still being a 10-win football team. They're, they're at 9.5 here, which is a, probably a good number to put them at. But I still think with Justin Herbert and still the talent that they're going to have, even if Eckler ends up being traded, um, I still think the Chargers are – and they're just content – they're a couple pieces away on certain spots too on their roster, on defense in particular, but also along the offensive line, at right tackle, um, where – you, you think that once they kind of plug these, uh, and I think Herbert's going to come out with, you know, ready to fire on all cylinders. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to let that, that collapse in the playoffs uh, have the, the wrong kind of impact. I think he'll be uh, just fine. So, yeah, I think some overs for sure for me that I'd pick, like you like we were talking about, the Patriots. I'd pick the Chargers on there. I'd probably put the Steelers on there. And for unders, I you know, I, the Saints, despite – what you mentioned, I, I, I think you make, made some good points on the reason why it's where it is. I'd still probably go under if I had to. Um, and then the, um, yeah, the, right in the middle there. I don't know about the Ravens, but I, I think the Raiders were one that you mentioned at the top um, a little bit before we started recording as an interesting one. What, what were, people were saying that they're a little too low or a little too high on that one. I think some thought they were a little too high. high. And I would probably be in agreement with that maybe um <laughs> i just i don't know because I, I i don't have a great feel um for the raiders so so i i would probably stay away from that in all honesty like i i don't have a strong read on it but yeah i don't know they're just a, they're they're a mystery to me um and and i because it's the, i mean look i just don't i don't know what to expect right like i know they have good players in, in different spots but i just don't know overall what my expectations should be for this particular raiders team they, the, so. my concern with them is that the fact they play four games against the Chiefs and Chargers at the start, yeah. uh, right. you know, off the top. But then they also play a division that I think could end up having four above 500 teams in the AFC East. I mean, we're talking yeah. about the Jets possibly being over nine and a half. The Dolphins aren't not aren't going anywhere. They just got Jalen Ramsey. The two was healthy. They have Vic Fangio. I mean, they have a lot of positive momentum. The Bills are still the Bills even after what happened in the playoffs and the Patriots. So, I mean, they play all four of those teams, plus the Chiefs and Chargers twice. Um, they get they get the Steelers. They have the the NFC North, so not maybe as tough of a division, but there's not really a division I would look at in, as top to bottom in the entire NFC and say it's like that and insanely hard at this point. So, I mean, there's some – it's a tough schedule in my opinion. So, I think for the Raiders, if I had – yeah, like you said, maybe you stay away from it, but – if I'm if I'm betting on it, if I have to go one way or another, I'm probably taking under. Unfortunately, I don't want to, but that's kind of where it is for for them at this point. I, I tend to agree, I guess, in this case with some. Even if I'm maybe not as bullish on the Bears being way too high or much higher, I think they're in a pretty solid spot. I like where they're at. I might take the over there, but the Raiders. I'm sorry. Right now, they're, they're I, I need to see it. I, I you know they were. They, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. So what else in the roster has necessarily improved to the extent where I you think they're going to have it all figured out? Maybe his chemistry with Josh McDaniels will come out and be evident, and uh, they'll be able to do some things. But that's kind of kind of my feeling. I think one that is maybe the, one of the hardest ones. Maybe that's a, a kind of a good question. Which one's like? Yeah. The, one of the more difficult ones one of mine and it maybe it maybe for most people it won't be um it's the browns i may, maybe yeah. a lot of people see nine and a half and they're just going under 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 i think they have a chance to still be i mean they, at times last year you're watching them against some opponents you're like they're just a few punchers uh plays away from having a much better record they have uh projected to have the seventh easiest schedule next year um deshaun's going to be there a whole year what you know no matter what you think of him 
you think that you know we know what he did before when he was playing full seasons in Houston. If he if he's able to actually practice with the team throughout this whole time, being the building the entire off season, I don't know. I think the that's like one I really struggle with. I I definitely stay away from. But is there are there any other ones that kind of for you are like where you just have no idea which way it could go? I think the Seahawks are an interesting one to me um, because yeah. like I, I don't know why. That's just one that I initially when I looked at the list, I looked at the Seahawks and said. I don't know. Like, I don't know which way I would go on that because, you know, obviously kind of a breakthrough season last year. Um, and then I think I think all the teams in the eight and a half to me are like, you know, because it's it's that line, right? It's You're talking about yeah. a team that's either going to be over 500 or under 500. And it's just kind of – I think that line is always interesting. But when I looked at the Seahawks' schedule, um, I think they've got – let's see. I think they play the AFC North. Um they play – I was trying to figure out what the other one they play is. I want to say it's Looks like the, they get the NFC East. NFC East, okay, which is, again, that's a little bit tougher nowadays. Um, yep. So I, I think that's probably one that I don't have a great feel on. You know, they've got to go to Dallas. Um, they go to Baltimore. And, and I think it's because, like, of – I don't really know. Like, at Baltimore, what's that going to look like, right? Like, I, I don't know yet. Like, I don't know what the – maybe the Rams yeah. are going to be in – I think you've got a lot of teams for the Seahawks that are in this range, like we talked about, of these seven and a half to five, or two, excuse me, nine and a half type teams. And so I feel like you've got a lot of teams who go one way or the other. And again, I'm not saying I think the Seahawks are going to disappoint, but I don't, I don't know that I have a strong enough feeling on them to just completely go all in and say, oh yeah, they're a 10 win team. Right. And so I think they're one that I just a little curious which way I would go on that one. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I, I think it's a good point with the schedule. The, the whole entire West, um, you know, maybe their own division with the Rams and Cardinals being where they're at for the Niners and Seahawks. Maybe you look at those four games as looking pretty winnable. That Seattle has struggled more with the Rams historically than San Francisco. But, yeah, after that, that playing the North is not going to be easy, regardless of what, uh, you know whether Lamar's there. Like I said, I might wait on the Ravens to take the over if he gets traded because I still think they're a really good team. I mean, the whole AFC – is ridiculous, but I think the yeah. you know top to bottom, the north and the east for me right now, uh, the south is the one exception, I guess. Uh, I still think the Jags. There's a reason they're at ten and a half. It's not only that they people think that they're going to be in that in that mix with those other uh, teams in the conference, but it's mostly that they just are clearly the best team in that division right now. Um, whereas in the east and the north, it's like it's those games on all across the board are all going to be really fun, especially if Aaron gets traded to the Jets. I mean the consolidation of power in the AFC compared to the NFC as we've talked about a number of times is pretty nuts so for a team like Seattle it's like yeah they have an opportunity but then they do have to play one of the tougher divisions in the entire league across conference a bad draw there um and then do, do you have a little bit of at such positive regression do they have a little bit of negative there's a reason I think they're at eight and a half I, I tend to think they'll go over that but uh I don't feel great about it, so I, I agree. Yeah. That's probably one of the tougher ones <laughs> also I, on this board. Um, there's a lot you know, of uncertainty across the board, though. Th- think about yeah. this, and I was looking back at the Seahawks. Like Again, they kind of had the breakthrough last year. They went 9-9, nine and nine. but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I just, I just now realized this, but I think they lost to every NFC South team last year despite going 9-9. <laughs> nine and nine. Like, isn't that kind of – like, to me, that's the ultimate – and maybe that makes it even more of a wild card. I think about that. I'm yeah, like, they me. went 9-9, nine and nine, but they <laughs> lost to every a- or every NFC South team. Uh, they went 0-4. They lost – yeah, they, they lost uh, 27-23 to the Falcons, 39-32 to the Saints, 21-16 to the Bucks, and 30-24 to the Panthers. It's just wild to think about. Like, a team has a breakthrough and – just could not break through against that division. Nine wins, so. nine wins, nine and eight isn't you know yeah. also sounds like less of a breakthrough now that I think about it. Yeah. It's like that's fine, but it, with the the draw they had with the way the division ended up shaking out, yeah, I don't know, man. And it's, yeah, you're not going to have as easy of a schedule. The the better the better discussion on this is probably again going to come after the draft because we know how much that can change. A lot of things. Because, I mean, let's think about the Seahawks, too. Here's one of the reasons why I would put them in that category. They have two top 20 picks right now, right? They've got the fifth pick, and they've got the 20th pick. Um, So, when you factor that in, too, it's like, well, who knows? Like, if they make the most of those picks, who who, maybe they package those picks and send them elsewhere and move up to get, you know, I don't know. Like, there's all those possibilities you could do with that. So, um, 
so I think that's just something that's why I don't know why just initially when I looked at the list, you know, I talked about the bears and the Raiders for different reasons, but like I put the Seahawks on there because I think they're just one that I don't have a great read on yet because I think there's a lot of, a lot to still be determined, um, especially because of what they have in the draft. So, yeah, um, I, yeah. I trust John Schneider, you know, at yeah. the end of the day for Seattle too, I think at times, uh, you know, you can't replicate the success of the, when they got Chancellor and Sherman and Earl Thomas and all, you know, drafting the Legion of Boom and having like that run of luck. But I, I think, uh, and analysis, but also some luck mixed in, even with, you know, with Russell Wilson, how he looked into him. Uh, but overall, I still think Schneider's a really good GM. And the fact that, yeah, like you said, they could trade back, they could use some of these picks. I, I'm frightened of the idea of Will Anderson falling to them at five. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would just, you know, I, even though the Cardinals are still in the Rams division, Seattle, a little more scary for me at this moment. So, yeah, I think that those reasons, that you kind of have the push and pull of the schedule being, in my opinion, looking at it where how it stands at the moment, looks significantly tougher. Maybe it won't end up being so. Um, but the the roster getting, you know, potentially still better. And then also, yeah, those, especially with the draft. I will say overall with over-unders, um, I definitely would wait until you get some of the football outsider projections i think yeah. lot you know before, we talked about the eagles but then after we just had the affirmation from them being like their number two or number one win total projected team sure enough it played out that way i think there are times where uh the perception that the public has and uh is a little bit different than you know the actual what the numbers look like and what the rosters look like and what the schedule project you know again i would strength of schedule i'm saying all these things because that's kind of all we have to go off right now but i, I would yeah. wait until you actually have projections to base this, the strength of schedule on not so much what happened last season because a lot of teams are going to flip plop uh, we you know we saw teams again go from worst to first in their divisions or to second at least um making the playoffs so uh it's a lot of uncertainty but like you said the draft will hopefully give help some uh, give us some clarity the lamar jackson situation still being up in the air at least it feels like the aaron Rodgers one is kind of settled in but uh still a lot of just a lot of movement that could be happening i think there could be some more trades for sure uh through the draft too it could be a kind of a busy season and Maybe the uh, maybe some of these teams at the bottom won't look so bad when we look at how their actual projections shake out, and um, maybe some teams at the top will have it a little bit tougher. I know there a popular pick last year where people thought that the Bengals were a little too overrated, and then they proved everyone wrong um, and stayed yeah. great. Um, I don't know if there's one right now that I see that's too overrated at like even like the bills at 10 and a half that feels ah, like that like they go. kind of went down they kind of went down on the bills and i'm like i'm, I'm taking that over I, i'm sorry i, I was about to go there all right so i was about to say <laughs> but we were going to wrap it up with this i was going to say all right you have to pick one right now you have to pick one of these numbers that you were if you had to make a, if somebody came to you and said you have to make a bet in the next 30 seconds which one are you picking and this was the one I identified as I was looking through this, but knowing I was going to ask you this question, yep. I said, I think I would go the bills over 10 and a half. Uh, but of course you're doing that with the, with the mindset of understanding that that right now is minus 140. So it's moving more towards, you know, that if you bet the under, you know, it's plus 115 because well, yep. that's the money's not going towards the under the money's going towards the over because that is again, what I think makes sense. I think I would still do it even at minus 140 because I think the bills I will play a tough schedule, but um, I, I looked at their schedule, pulled it up. I still think they get to 11 wins. So um, that's the one I would take, I guess, since we both maybe just picked that, I'm, I'll find another <laughs> one real quick to maybe go on. Um, let me find another one that I, again, I, it's a 30 second deal here, so I've got to find it in the next 15 seconds. Um, I'm looking hmm. to, I'll, I'll tell you mine after you go, but I'm, I'm going to make my pick in my head first. So I don't I cheat will, with the time. Okay, I'll go. Ooh, I think I'll go Patriots over seven and a half. Gosh, damn it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that's I mean, the next one. I'll try one to I think of do. one more. Yeah, Patriots, like I said, they're for sure. When you said that before the podcast, I was like, that's a 100% I would take the over there. No questions asked. Yeah. Seven and a half I, is too low. I think I'll go Patriots over seven and a half. All right, so we're we're all in on the AFC East at this point. Apparently, um, yeah, no one, everyone's two. winning the AFC East. They're all making the playoffs. It's it's all great, which is yeah. not going to happen because yeah. that division it's just too tough. I, it's just a hard. It, the harder thing is picking which of those four teams is going to, and that's where clearly right now they have the Patriots as the odd man out. I think they're going to find their way to to wiggle in there and still be in the conversation. I'll be honest, the team I'm looking at, if I had to pick an under one, maybe the Packers. Like I, 
I'm not even kidding. Like I, I think I would maybe look at that as a possibility. There's just there's too many questions right now. I, I, I don't know. So um, they're they're yeah, up there we'll uh, for sure. I think strength of schedule wise, where if you know if I was confident in the health of Tua, I'd for sure pick the over for the Dolphins. Dolphins are now second toughest schedule. Just something to kind of be considered. But I think the the Commanders having a top ten tough schedule, I might take the under on them. Just yeah, maybe they're say, gonna. I, <laughs> I was just about to mention. I we said we were not going to mention every team. We said we probably would not get to every have. team. I think the Commanders were the last team that we had not mentioned. In <laughs> we this haven't entire... talked about the Titans. You're okay, Titan, the Titans you're, are the uh, other one. Well, um, <laughs> I I I may go under on the Titans, uh, but I don't know. Like that's I think you're betting against Mike Vrabel, and usually, even if they don't, you know, make a run, I, that, that's a tough one for me. I don't have a great. That's a really tough show. one. Denver also, yeah, yeah. Derek Henry. Yeah, we don't know what Derek. um, We haven't uh, talked about the Broncos. That is maybe one of the harder ones, uh, in my opinion, uh, in that conversation. Not quite there with the other teams we talked about. but I told you before we started recording, I said, I think I may go over on the Broncos, but, boy, the thought Uh of that offense last year, I cannot. (laughs) It is just – it is like so ingrained in your mind that I don't know that I even with Sean Payton there I don't know that I can fully make a bet on the Broncos at this point I, I think it's just not a good idea and and it's as you'll notice see. if you look I want to say I'm going to make sure this is still how it's on DraftKings I know it is on one of our other lists here but yes so over eight and a half and under eight and a half both still valued at minus one ten right now 110, so essentially yeah. I don't think anyone knows to do what, what's right the in the middle. Broncos. Yeah. So um, you're, you're not getting plus money on either side right now. So I don't, I don't know that anyone knows what to do with them, but they anyways, are, I think yeah. one of the tougher ones be for that reason. There's just so much uncertainty of what you, you want to be optimistic of Sean Payton and what he can do. And some of the talent, you know, their defense is still really good, Yeah. but you just don't know because <laughs> it looked so bad last year. So. Yeah, who knows? So we'll see. But there you go. Um, we did somehow, I think, mention every team in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Some thought regarding their win total. If we did not, I guarantee you we'll discuss your team again at some point this offseason. So, um, again, we got a lot of stuff uh, on the way getting ready for the draft, which will be here before you know it, and more moves still to be made, uh, free agency-wide, trade-wise, all that. But, of course, Dylan, it's all covered over clutch points. Uh, let everybody know they can find everything there. Yeah, the Clutch Points app to NFL section there. We have tons of content going on with, as you mentioned, the draft, some of the the last, the best free agent signings left, kind of grading overall free agency for each team, and obviously tons of coverage of all the Lamar Jackson stuff. So in the Clutch Points app in the NFL section, also the uh, NFL section at clutchpoints.com, yeah, tons of uh, more draft content that's going to be coming out. We already went through kind of looking at some of the first-round picks, the best looks. We've had mock drafts routinely, you know, every few weeks coming out. Um, tons of good stuff. And, yeah, we'll, I'm sure on here, probably as we get to April, we're only a month out from the draft now. We'll probably start getting, doing some of our mock draft stuff, see if we'll do the same kind of setup as the past or something different. But, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Time to – this is the moment now. Once we get past the – you know, we're almost to the final four here for the NCAA tournament. We got opening day coming for baseball, but this is for the football side. This is draft season. This is the time that we uh, kind of dig in for the next month and try to try to have a lot of fun uh, going into, uh, you know, looking at where all these guys are going to end up. There's a lot of, if you follow college football, um, I think that there's just so many fun names that, uh, especially this year uh, at the quarterback position after a, kind of last year where we took a second off. Um, now we, it feels like the intrigue is back, and there's a lot of things that could happen, a lot of movement still that could happen, even though we already had a trade for the number one pick. Yep. A lot of stuff on the way again. It's all covered at Clutch Points, but we have a lot more on the way here as we uh, look ahead to all of that. And, of course, uh, to get all that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, uh, search for Stop to Pass. And thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.